0: This is Professor August Howard. The following is a continuation of a series of statements and interviews from Daphne Howard, also known as The Diviner.
1: Who even came up with that goddamn name anyway? I
0: did. As well as the designation for the other projects of the Order.
1: Ah. So I am just a project to you now. Thanks for admitting it.
0: For this statement, please continue where you left off. Your grand plan has been recorded for posterity. Let's hear where that took you next. I believe you were trying to find employment at that sordid bar. How did that go?
1: It went very well, thank
2: you. Jesus Christ, Ellen. Be careful. God, it's like you've never waitressed a day in your life. (laughs) Of course I have, Jordan. It's just been a rough day. I have never, in all my years of bartending, seen so many broken glasses get it together. Right. Right. Sorry. About as
0: well as expected, I guess.
1: Uh, uh, shut up, August.
2: Go on. Tell me about it. See the person with the fancy air back there? They're an employee here, but also a valued customer. Go take this tray of drinks to the table in the corner, and be quicker about it. Okay. And be careful about it. Okay, okay.
3: Hey, thanks, doll. That tray's wobbling mighty hard. Best keep another hand on it, yeah. Waitressing is God it's hard.
1: It's grueling and miserable. It's hell. Every day I would walk back to the obelisk feeling drained. I'd hold myself up the stairs, lock myself in the room eat my cold leftovers given to me when the club closed for the night, take off my uniform, and throw myself onto the bed. My feet ached from being on them all day in ill-fitting shoes. I'd never walked so much before in my life. My shoulders ached from carrying heavy glass-laden trays and messy plates. I'd never considered myself a physically strong person, and feeling that weight on my arms, the strain and tremble in my muscles only confirmed it. Worst of all... I kept getting leered at and touched by drunks while working and for all the patience i tried to have for others that that tested it near constantly all of that stress for hardly any pay august it's terrible i had no idea this was what what work was like there was so much i didn't know how to do because i'd never had to do it before i had mr westley my family's butler and barnaby They took care of everything for me, but I didn't have them now, so I had to keep trying. My money was dwindling fast from paying for my hotel room and having to buy more food. Pre-prepared, since God, I don't even really know how to cook. I didn't want to be thrown out or starve, so I had to just put on a brave face pretend to be nice to the rude customers and deal with the fact that I wasn't getting tipped. Probably because of the spills and the broken glasses. But after a couple days...
2: You know, Ellen, I just don't think this is for you. I, I get it. You need a job, but... I can do better. Just give me more time to... You know how the economy is right now. Money is tight. I'm, I'm just not sure I can afford to keep you on the staff. I mean, I appreciate you trying, and it seems the other girls really enjoy your company, but I've got to let you go, Ellen.
1: I'm sorry. Thank you for giving me a chance, Jordan. I... I appreciate it. As I turned to leave, I felt panic rising in my chest. That tremble in my hand grew even stronger with the stress of suddenly not having a job and not having enough time to really find the information I needed, and I dug my fingernails into my palm to quell it. I made my way out the door, hearing the jingle of the bell above it as I slowly trudged down to the sidewalk, feeling a metaphorical rain cloud start to percolate over my head. I found a bench underneath the streetlight a block away from the bar and had a seat, lighting one of my last cigarettes with a shaky hand, hoping it would calm me down and keep me from panicking. I didn't know what I was going to do. That is until a hand caught my shoulder.
3: Wait. Hang on. Helen Wright. I'm Chet Singleton, leader of the Jazz Cavaliers here, and I'll hate to see a nice gal like you turned away. Gotta be something a doll like you can do other than toe the tray around, yeah? You know how to sing? Dance?
1: I was caught a little off guard. Well, uh, I can play piano.
3: Oh yeah? Got one on the stage just collecting dust. Come give it a shot. Excuse me? You said you'd play piano, right? Could be I need a new piano player, but I'd need to hear her play before I say so. Catch my drift canary. I... I mean, all right. We walked
1: back in. And I ended up on the stage with them, tuning that old, dusty piano to give myself the best shot at the job. Couldn't afford to do anything less than my best. It had been a while since I'd last gotten the opportunity to play, and I relished the chance. Once it was all set... I stretched out my fingers a bit before I started playing something jazzy off the top of my head. A riff on a song I'd heard recently on the radio.
3: saw their face slowly light up with each note. Damn doll, you know keys better than a locksmith. Can you start tomorrow? The next day, after
1: practice with the band, I asked Chet about the venue and the recent goings-on. Once they hung up their double bass, they were very forthcoming. Both with information and with cigarettes,
3: thank God. We haven't been able to hire a pianist lately. So it's, it's been a while since this thing got some love. I think the kids will really like having the light band coming back. You know, this is the closest part to the university, yeah? So we get a lot of kids out on the roof to unwind from the rigor of schooling. They care mostly about the hooch, but it keeps the lights on, so we keep playing. Though, because we're so close to the university, we get a bit of the weirdness from it. I lifted an eyebrow, accepting the cigarette from them.
1: The university has some weirdness to it.
3: You haven't heard? Students are disappearing at the university. They
1: flipped the lighter open to ignite their cigarette, then held it out for me to lean into. Wait, students are going missing?
3: Yeah. Lots of students come in here commiserating about their classmates disappearing. No clear reason why they're suddenly gone, it just... it seems to be gals for the most part. Is that so? Yeah. Don't know if it's some kind of sinister thing or just kids dropping out, but it's not good. No one seems to really be doing anything about it. They come here, they bring their weirdness with them, and then we lose our piano player. Ain't no coppers around to solve the problems. Went to one bull to try and figure out where our old piano player went since the swiping started happening around the same time she went missing. He didn't care. And you too. Of course. Benny was family to us. She did a great job on the piano, but more than that, her family kicked her out and she needed a home. She needed people to care for her, and we were the best damn family she had. She was with us for a few years before things went sideways.
1: I'm so sorry to hear about Benny, tell me more about her.
3: Good old Benny Benson. She was an English major at Deacon, loved books and radio. She swore she was going to write the next great American radio drama someday. Wanted to get a job at the local radio station, but classes and supporting herself here took up a lot of her time. Never went to school for piano, but she was damn good at it from learning as a kid. She was such a sweet gal. She sounds like a wonderful young lady. I'm so sorry she disappeared without warning. Yeah. Not sure she disappeared because of the whole weirdness thing or what, but I know she had friends who were snatched. Maybe a wrong place, wrong time thing. All I know is she was smart and talented and funny as hell. She was a good friend. I miss that gal. I miss her every day. and I pray to God the son of a bitch that took her gets it good. I hope they do too. Have you tried looking into it? A little. The trombonist, Hortense, they've been asking around. Billy, our trumpet player, they've been hounding the cops. Our drummer, Tommy, he's been looking around. He came up short though, he had to split real fast when he got a little too close to the campus. Lots of toughs around, security? Uh, security's heaviest at night when the classes are done for the evening. As far as toughs, not a lot of them around, but big enough guys to bump someone off. Tommy's not a big guy, right? Got arms like a baby bird, but damn if they ain't good for playing the skins. There's a lug floating around Deacon that gets real off-track when they see someone creeping around. Almost clothed Tommy Good before he ran. Sounds scary. Yeah. Deacon's a madhouse.
1: Hopefully something can be done about it.
3: I do remember
0: a Bernadette Benson from one of my general education linguistics courses a year ago. She likely took it as part of her English major.
1: What did you do to her?
0: Such baseless accusations. She received the same lectures as everyone else in the class. I didn't even grade her papers, my teacher's assistant did. I may have even greeted her once or twice. Nothing more.
1: Uh Uh-huh. You can't
0: possibly believe I'm responsible for every missing student on campus, can you? Honestly.
1: The more I learn about your cult, the more I'm able to believe it.
0: Let's just move on. What happened next?
1: Over the next few days, Chet's Jazz Cavaliers took the stage, in sharp suits, dresses, and everything in between. Instruments polished to a blinding degree and tuned just as expertly. I was thankful Hortense had a classic gown to borrow, which went well with the precise finger waves I styled my new blonde hair in. The Cavaliers played a hazy, smoke-filled house, packed with revelers, there for the booze and amusements. People jived the night away on the dance floor, while others nursed their drinks, slumping against the bar and talking about the bad in their lives. Jordan was kept very busy each night, letting the drinks flow. The lively atmosphere was enough to lift my spirits for a few hours, and it was wonderful not having to waitress anymore. I really missed performing. My training consisted of nothing but classical music, but letting pure creativity guide me as I improvised was a refreshing change of pace. Anything was better than feeling the immense terror, loneliness, and hopelessness of my current predicament. I let my hands caress the keys and poured my heart and soul into my performance. After taking this job, there was no doubt in my mind. Deep in the hell of the city, in this den of swinging music and poison poured to order, this was a little piece of paradise. Each night, the band got one large break in the middle of their performances to rest their hands and lungs, often spreading themselves out amongst the patrons to join the fun. I took post at the bar most nights. The ones that really had the most to say would be up there, getting their fill of liquor and divesting themselves of the gossip of the day. Each night, I would only order one old-fashioned and make it last all break. One little ritual of comfort I could take solace in as I heard the worst from those around me and jotting it down. As I sipped my drink every so often, I'd catch wind of obvious Deakin University students talking. One night, after our performances were done and most of the cavaliers packed up and left, I struck gold.
4: Who's it gonna be next? I can't take it anymore. I can't take the fact that people can just up and disappear. Relax,
5: relax. You're an economics major. You're fine. What do you mean I'm fine, Joyce? It's all the linguistics majors that are dropping out, not anyone else. They're not dropping out, Joyce. I heard Ruth say they were getting snatched. Carol, that's ridiculous. Who would just steal people from a college?
4: I don't know. The Germans? Some weird cult... Even if you're right, Joyce, why the hell is the dropout rate for the linguistic major so high? Ever think about why that might be?
5: I don't know. I'm not a linguistics major. You know, maybe they don't drop out. Maybe they just get lost in the library.
4: Forget where the door is. Stop making fun of me. I know there's something going on. I just know it. I heard from one of my friend's friends who's a linguistics major, by the way, that the professors are acting really strange. The world languages professor, Lesnar, I think it was, seems like she's up to something and is more irritable than usual. And apparently Howard, the classical language professor, (laughs) is taking a long break from teaching. Something about his wife dying. (coughs)
1: I choked on my sip of whiskey, puffing on the burning liquid as I brought a hand to my mouth, Ugh. trying and failing to be innocuous about it. Jordan Cooper had to notice, of course. Got
2: down the wrong pipe, Helen.
5: Yeah, sorry. Dying? I only heard she was extremely sick and he was staying home with her to take care of her. Oh,
4: that bastard. Either way, dying or not, I think it's a cover-up choice. Everyone knows he's been cheating on her. Sleeping around, even people who aren't on campus know about it.
1: It hit me like a punch to the gut. I felt the air leave my lungs. My eyes blurred, head swimming. Instinctively, my hand slid down the cool glass and onto the bar top, twitching along the way.
0: Daphne. And...
4: What if he's doing it to traffic people? What if the professors are in on some secret body funneling operation? Carol, please, that's absurd. It is not. Have you seen a linguistics major? They're creepy as hell chanting Latin, reading books bound in human skin, and doing God knows what all day. They're probably summoning demons in the professor's offices to carry the bodies off, or or to wear their skin. Ugh.
5: Okay, you have had way too much to drink. Come on, let's go back to the dormitories.
1: I slowly slumped forward, head in my hands. I had held out hope, a small one, that the rumors of your infidelity weren't true. That I thought at least you still loved me. That you were still faithful. But those girls were so sure of what they'd heard. It was a university rumor that seemed to have grown uncontainable.
0: I'm not sure where this dropout conspiracy and human trafficking idea originated from, but it's preposterous. Of course, I'd heard the rumors, but I did little to quell it. It would only draw more attention.
1: That's... What you're concerned about?
0: Daphne, I already explained to you that this was all done out of necessity. There are greater things at stake here. And I never meant for you to find out about this.
1: It's not the finding out that makes me angry. It's that you've done this to begin with. You have no idea what it's like to hear that from strangers. To hear people talk about you running around on me implying that I didn't treat you well, so you sought someone else. That I'm some weak-willed woman that just let you do this. Some uncaring hellion you had to escape, or even worse, half dead. Since I'm already upset. (laughs) Since you seem to have quite the reputation on campus. How many times...
0: (laughs) Daphne... You don't want
1: How many women?
0: Alright, we've taken a breather. I know you're still upset, but please, let's finish this- No!
1: Get one of those other women to do this for you, since I'm so replaceable to you.
0: Daphne, please. The sooner you finish this, the sooner I'll leave you be.
1: I felt a hand on my shoulder that jolted me out of my thoughts. I turned my head to find Chet taking a seat next to me, their bow tie undone, and a few strands of their hair falling out of its quaff.
3: You're looking like one sad canary right now, Miss Davies. You all right? I'm fine. Fair enough. I won't pry. They held up their hands.
1: Chet was quiet for a moment before speaking again.
3: Oh, I know that look. Is it about a heartbreaker? I thought
1: you said you weren't going to pry.
3: I'm just curious. A dame can't fault me for that, right?
1: I stayed quiet. Eyes going to my near-the-empty drink.
3: Well, whatever's bothering you, I hope it goes away. Having sunshine on the keys again has been a real hoot. You're no Benny, but we wouldn't want you to be. A Helen Davies is great in our own right. If you need anything, just let me know.
1: As Chip got up to leave, I said, Wait. Yeah, darling? I'm not. who I say I am.
3: Yeah. Ain't nobody in this city telling the truth about themselves.
1: You and the Cavaliers have treated me so well these past few days. You put your faith in me and trusted me. So I. I thought I'd return that trust. I'm looking for information about the disappearances in an unofficial capacity. Why would a canary like you go looking for trouble like that? The fact that people can just go missing without explanation is unsettling and awful. And I don't want more people to lose their loved ones.
3: So this isn't about a heartbreaker?
1: Oh, no, it definitely is. I just have the sneaking suspicion the two events are linked, and it makes me feel sick to my stomach.
3: So I have to do something about it. You think you can, Helen? I mean, if you think so, we'll help however you need. You said Tom I got into the university. Yeah?
1: For Bennett's sake. Tell me how he did it.
0: Note. This statement shows that the definer. (sighs) Yes?
6: Professor Howard, Dr. Solomon just called and? He said three missing person reports have been filed with Captain Harlow on your wife since her disappearance.
0: Who made the reports? What do we know?
6: One by Angeline Aronson, the manager of a city performing arts center, one by Barnaby Smith, the retired butler, and one by Chet Singleton, some drunk crooner at a bar. We have also received several incessant phone calls at your home and office from one Adeline May inquiring about your wife.
1: People know I'm missing.
6: (laughs) Look at you, thinking you're going anywhere. It's positively adorable. What would you like done with these, sir?
0: Cancel them. If anyone asks, tell them the truth. She's with me, and doing just fine. Right, dear? Oh, don't give me that dirty look. you started eating again and stopped mutilating your arms. And you've been sleeping, finally. Nothing I've said is a lie. Desmond?
6: Look at me, I didn't know who that could be.
0: Hello?
1: August, why did you just get so pale? Who is it?
0: Excuse me. Take her to our quarters. We're done for the day. Wait! Now,
1: Desmond.
6: Must be rather serious, then. Come along, Diviner.
1: Never call me that again.
6: (laughs) Right this way.
0: My apologies, Miss May. What can I do for you?
7: I thought I would call to check up on my dear, dear friend, but I've been having just the most terrible luck reaching either of you. And my letters don't seem to be finding her, though she's usually so prompt to respond. Do bring her by to visit me, won't you? I'll be expecting her tomorrow morning.
0: I don't think that will be possible. We have other obligations to attend to for the foreseeable future. However, since we're conversing, you do have something of interest to us. Something that we need back. You'll have to be more
7: specific, Mr. Cook-Allen. As the heiress to me imports, it's quite rare that I meet someone who doesn't take an interest in something within
0: my power. What, exactly, is it that you're coveting? Daphne gave you a painting several years ago. We would like it back.
7: Returned, I'm more than willing to discuss the matter with
0: her. She is unable to come to the telephone currently. Please deliver the painting to our address at your earliest convenience.
7: For nothing
0: in my presence, Mr. Cook Allen. Can you say the same? This is preposterous. I will remind you, Mr. Cook Allen, that it is within my power to remove her from your care if I feel it necessary. I will not let you take my wife from me. This conversation is over.
7: She knows.